Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. So, good morning, Cornerstone, and happy Mother's Day to all of the women in the room. It is a pleasure to be able to be here with you. As Pastor Matt said, I am Aaron Simpson, and man, he has us like all in our fields already, doesn't he? I'm like, holy cow, wasn't ready for that. You needed to prepare me for that, Matt. Um, I am an assistant small group leader. I'm also the wife of Pastor Josh, um, who recently was added to the staff here, and we're excited to walk into that journey as well. And I, as I said, am also the mother to four incredible boys. So I am so excited to be able to be here today and to be able to share with you some of the journey that God's been taking me on, taking our family on, and to be able to dive deep with all of you. I love to see all of your faces that are here and also those of you that are online. It is great that you are joining us this morning from the comfort of your own home, that you didn't have to go out in the rain like we all did. So good job, guys, for trudging through in the cold rain. I am not a morning person, and when it is cold and rainy, I am an angry morning person. So if anybody else was there today, I understand you. We can be good friends. So I want to direct your focus up here before we dive into where the scriptures are taking us today. It's a bad news, useless as a screen door on a submarine. Faith without works, baby. It just ain't happening. One is your left hand, one is your right. It'll take two strong arms and room to hold on tight. Some folks cut off their nose just to spite their face. But I think you need some works to show. For your alleged faith, well, there's a difference, you know, between having faith and play and make believe. One will make you grow. The other one just make you sleep, talk about it But I really think you ought to take a leap Off of the ship before you claim to walk on water Faith without words, like a song you can't sing It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine Faith comes from God and every word that He breathes He lets you take it to your heart so you can give it hands and feet It's gotta be active if it's gonna be alive You better put it in Otherwise, it's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Faith without works, baby, it just ain't happening. One is your right, one is your left. It's your light, your guide, your life, and your breath. Faith without works is like a song you can't sing. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Faith without works. Song you can't sing. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Right? <laughs> Nicely done. We're going to try to do it live, but I'm not sure that any of us are that coordinated to be able to sing, harmonize, and do the cup game. And for the younger people in the crowd who are like, Man, 
When was that filmed? It was filmed a long time ago because you did not create the cup game. It is not from Pitch Perfect. It's back from the early 90s, so it's not yours. That was our generation. <laughs> if you're anything like me and you write in your Bibles at all, you probably already know where we're jumping into because if you recognize that song at all, how many people were singing along? Yeah, I know I definitely was, right? So in my Bible, because I write things as they come about, I have this written next to the passage that we're going to be looking at today in the book of James. So in James 2, I literally have screen door on a submarine written down next to this passage because whenever I read it, man, that's exactly what pops into my head every time. Now the book of James, how many people in here, it's, it's your favorite book of the Bible? Or those of you online, go ahead and say, yep, that's mine, right? James is a favorite for a lot of people. I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite book of the Bible, but it is one of those that ranks up there. And part of that for me is because I'm a person where like, man, let's just get into it. Just say it to me straight out. I don't necessarily always want or need all of the theology that Paul puts in there in his writings. So I'm like, just say it, Paul. Let's just skip over some of these extra details. Just say it to me. Give it to me straight out, which is where I really appreciate James because Man, he just says it, and then goes on to the next thing, and he says it. And I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. So we're currently in a series here at Cornerstone, if you've been with us last week, that is Forward Progress, Keys to Living Spiritually Deep. Or if you're like me and you like to shorten that, FPK LSD, feel free to use that throughout the next couple weeks as we continue in this series. And today, our key to living spiritually deep will be within this concept of faith and works. Our message title today is, The More You Know, It's More Than Knowing. And does anybody remember like that sound that should go with it? So Diane, do you, do you have that? Can you go ahead and do the... Yes. Right? Do you remember, the more you know? Last week, as Pastor Matt was speaking, that, that was the sound that I just kept hearing every time that he'd say, the more you know, because I'm like, yes, where is the sound effect? So thank you for having that. Do we have a great sound booth? I can just be like, hey, we need that, right? It's amazing. So honestly, you guys, like spiritually speaking, there is so much more than just the knowledge that we can get. It's so much more than just knowing about God. So if you will pray with me, then we will go ahead and get right after it. Father God, I just thank you so much for today. That even on a day where it's dark and cold and rainy here in Indiana, that you wake us up with new mercies. That you give us another day to be able to work for your kingdom, to be able to show others who you are, and to be able to join together, to be able to be built up and to take the love and the grace and the forgiveness that you give to us out into our world. I pray that you bless all of the women and the men in here today, that you would allow their hearts and ears and minds to be open to what you have to say, and that the words that you have given for today wouldn't fall on deaf ears, but that they would be yours and that they would be heard that way. It's in your name we pray, amen. So if you have a Bible that you brought with you, if you want to go ahead and turn to James 2, 
If you don't have a Bible but would like one, they are on the seat backs in front of you. And you can also join us on sermons.church. Is it sermons.church? So James 2, 14 to 26. And those of you at home, feel free to go and get your Bibles or to also be able to go online and jump onto sermons.church, which is pretty cool if you guys have been using that at all, that then you can save it if you go to the bottom. And so it automatically saves it like into my Google Drive so I can always look back at the notes that I've taken. James 2, 14 to 26. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body? What good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. What good is it if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? It's interesting to me that we live in a world where that's really a double-edged sword, right? I think that we all have people in our lives who either do everything and run around like crazy and are kind of like the Energizer Bunny where they just keep going and going and going because they have so much to do but those same people we often see don't necessarily take the time to do the things that God might be calling them to do. Or they aren't spending the quiet time with God to be able to prepare them for all the things that they have to do. Or they don't allow for the interruptions that God often wants in our lives to be able to do the things and to meet the people that he has for us. And that's on the one hand, right? Then on the other hand, we have people who are amazing prayer warriors and do phenomenal jobs of praying up people and praying for things, but we don't often see them come outside of their prayer closets. We don't see them start doing the things that they've been praying for or talking to the people that they've been praying for. So which one's right? Is it the people who are running around doing everything? 
Or is it the people who are praying for it, but don't actually get around to doing some of it? Right, if any of you are thinking, yeah, it's probably neither one, you're absolutely right. Neither one is right, because they have to go together. Which takes us to point one, if you got a handout on your way in, or if you're on sermons.church and wanna fill it out. Doing nothing is fruitless, but so is doing everything. Doing nothing is fruitless, but so is doing everything. If you look at the picture that's up here, I think that a, a lot of us can either relate to this person or know somebody like this, right? Who has so many things going on, who is maybe at their kid's track meet with their computer out, making phone calls and handling deals and doing clients while also checking the time to make sure that they're not late to pick up their next child, right? Anybody know some people that are like that, that are constantly, man, so much stuff going on. If you're not sure and you can't bring to mind somebody like that, it might be you. You might be that person. And trust me, I get that because the story that I just shared about that person at the track meet, I absolutely have done. So this easily could be my own photograph. I constantly run this balance of, am I doing enough? And no matter how much I do, will never be enough. And I think that often we find ourselves in this constant conflict of trying to do so much. James 22 says, you see that faith was active along with his works, and the faith was completed by his works. The two go hand in hand, you guys. We can't separate our faith and our works. We can't separate the things that we know about God and then not do things for him. Once you have accepted Jesus, man, that desire should naturally come out of us. We should be so inclined to do the things that he tells us to do in scripture because scripture is filled with the things that God wants us to do and really counts on us to do. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15 says, and stay with me here, because there's, there's a lot in this. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Is anybody else like a little muddled up with all of that, right? As I read that scripture, I was like, whew. I mean, there's a lot of good meat in there, but it is, it is some tough stuff to actually go through. But I do appreciate the fact that the message puts it in a little bit more plain text for us to get. If I acted crazy, this again is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. If I acted crazy, man, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life a resurrection life, 
a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Guys, is that not it? Christ's love has moved us to such extremes that I, and fill in the, your own blank. His love moved me to such an extreme that I chose to do this. I chose to quit my job and find one that allowed me more time with my family. I chose to use my family to go on a mission trip. I chose to sell everything that I have and live in an RV so that we could go travel and tell people at truck stops about Jesus. I don't know what your blank looks like, but man, I pray that all of us are able to be moved to such extremes that we're willing to do it. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see, what? So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In order to let our light shine for Jesus, man, it takes doing the work. And then we all know the story of Mary and Martha, right? One sister always gets the bad rap because she's going around tidying up and doing things. And then we have Mary who's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. But both are necessary, right? Both are necessary. We have to both sit at his feet and also tidy up sometimes and take care of the things that need to be done. It has to be the balance of both faith and works. So because I'm a visual person, brought a little visual aid to be able to help us here this morning. It looks like my scale's a little bit off today. Probably from tossing it in the car and driving over the railroad tracks on the way here. But hopefully we're going to see if this all pans out. If we add too much, whether that be faith or whether that be actions, because um, I've already shared with you that I often struggle because I like to do things. I like to be a doer. So if we have prayer, right? I think we all agree. Praying's good. We're told to pray without ceasing. It is biblical. We are supposed to do that. Nobody's going to argue that praying's not good. Reading scripture. And we've been doing that as a church. I get to do it as part of the company that I work for. Reading scripture is something that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to hide scripture in our hearts. It is a great thing. Being here today, going to church, going to church is another thing that is really good and we're supposed to be doing. Raising a godly family, right? Today on Mother's Day, raising a godly family is good and the world needs more godly young men and young women. So as you can see, I just got pretty weighed down, right, by, by the faith part of things. But without works, man, this is totally out of balance. I need to be willing to balance that out and to open myself up. So what if instead of just praying for things, what if I prayed for the person and then wrote them an encouragement card? Or what if I invited them to go to lunch? Or invited them over? What if instead of praying about going on the mission trip, 
I went and talked to the people that were in charge of it and said, hey, I think this might be something I'm supposed to walk into. What if, instead of just reading scripture, we challenged our coworkers or other people in our lives to be able to start memorizing it with us? What if we wrote it on the mirrors in our home? What if we made little cards and left them with our tip when we go out to eat? What if instead of just coming to church on Sunday, we also signed up to serve in an area? Maybe that's kids' ministry. Maybe that's with teenagers. Maybe that's with the parking crew. There's lots of different places that you can serve. And maybe instead of just raising a godly family, maybe you're called to open your doors and invite others in so that they get to see what a godly family is like. Maybe that's with your neighbors. Maybe that's for fostering. Maybe that's for just allowing people to, to come in for a place to rest. But as you can see, the scale looks a lot better and balance comes back into play when we do both the faith and the works. So I have a question for all of us to really think about, and I'm going to give you a little bit of time to be able to think about it, and you can just write it down, or you can put it in the notes. So which side of the scale is weighed down for you? Is it the faith side, or is it the work side? If you had your own blocks to fill this scale, which side would you have a harder time filling with where you're at right now? Looking back at our main text, James 2, 15 to 17 says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of them, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Which proves our second point. If God has given it, we have a responsibility to use it. We see this all over scripture. In John 6, we're able to see a young boy who gives what he has, right? If you're familiar with the scripture, he gives his five loaves and his two fish so that the people are able to stay and continue listening as Jesus is teaching. In Luke, we see the sinful woman pour out her perfume, the most expensive thing that she has for Jesus. We see the disciples what do we see the disciples do? Man, we see the disciples giving up their livelihood. We see them leaving their families. We see them making pretty quick decisions to follow after Jesus. And it changes their lives. When I think about things from that viewpoint, from the viewpoint of the disciples, it really makes me start to sit back and think about, what am I willing to give up? Because I'm going to be honest, we've been given a lot. 
We're not necessarily rich by the world's means, and we're not going out, and we don't have our yacht to go get on later today to celebrate Mother's Day. I mean, unless, Josh, is that a surprise for me later? Are we going on? An, there is no, no yacht. Okay, there is still not a yacht for us that, that we'll be going on, just to be clear. But we have, we have cars. We all have bicycles in our family. We have food. It might not always be the food that my kids want, but we have plenty of food. We have money to be able to cover bills and things. We have more Bibles than people that live in our house, which if you haven't ever looked at how many Bibles you have, I would challenge you, go home and take a look at how many Bibles you have. You'll probably be surprised about that. We have tons of books because we are a family of readers, games, toys, family, Man, the list goes on and on about the amount of things that we have been blessed with. And I've been challenged throughout these last few weeks about what more can we use as our family to be able to impact his kingdom. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. It's all his anyway. James 1.23 says, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Guys, he will be blessed in his doing means that we will be blessed in our doing. Many of you here and some of you online know that these last few months have been an incredible roller coaster for the Simpson family. We have been on this roller coaster journey that had us stepping into fostering kind of suddenly. Um, and unexpectedly. We had three small kiddos that were placed in our care, and by small, I mean we had three, three and under. And for a family of six, whose youngest is nine, it's quite an adjustment to go back to having to toddler-proof your home. And I'm not as young as I was when my nine-year-old was a baby waking up in the middle of the night. So let me tell you, sleep deprivation was real and alive in the Simpson household. It took a lot of adjustment for our family. It took a lot of planning, which we're planners anyway, but this took even more planning and communicating. And let me tell you guys, we were exhausted at the end of every single day. Having seven children in our care was not for the faint of heart. It was quite a lot of commotion going on. But I'll tell you what else it did. It breathed a new kind of life into our family. We had to rely on each other in ways that we hadn't had to for a long time. We had to be intentional about every single person. Josh and I had to be intentional with each other, because if we weren't, man, 
it was really easy at 9 o'clock to go to bed knowing that I was going to be up again at 2. It was really easy to not wait up for one of the older boys to get home from their school day or from their sporting event. It would have been easier to do that, so we had to be intentional about letting them know, no, you still matter. On the first home visit that we had, and if you're not familiar with foster care, what happens is a DCS worker has to come in, has to see all of the kids that are in your care and make sure that everything's going okay. And on the first one, she said, <clears throat> I have to ask you, why did you guys choose to do this? Why would anybody choose to take in three of them, especially so little with the kids that you already have? And I looked at her, and I was kind of surprised by the question, but I looked at her and I said, honestly, Jesus. It's what Jesus would have done. It's what Jesus tells us to do. And it's what we're called to do. <clears throat> now this story, <clears throat> excuse me, when the children were reunified with their biological parents just a couple weeks ago, it was hard. We still have not completely healed from it. And one of our boys just a few days ago said to me, you know, since they've been gone, I feel like a part of myself is missing. And let me tell you that as their mom, I felt like I hadn't done enough to protect them. I felt like I hadn't done my job as their mom because I felt like my main job as their mom was to protect them. But then God, as he often does with me, woke me up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. because that's usually when I'm the most captive that I can be for him. And he helped me to realize that my main job as their mom isn't to protect them, but it's to make them into disciples. And the best way for me to make them into disciples is by showing and doing what God tells me to do. Our family isn't different. Your family isn't different. We're all called to do the same things biblically. Doing nothing is fruitless, but so is doing everything. And if God has given it, we have a responsibility, you guys. We need to be using it. We need to be doing the things that he's telling us to do. We need to do something. Some of us may be called to do many things. We need to use the things that we already have. And as Pastor Matt says, we need to make Jesus famous. That's what we're all called to do. So as the worship comes up, I want you guys to stand and join us as we go into this song. And as you sing out the words, I want you to think about the things that God may be calling you to do. And honestly, if you want to stay seated and pray through the things that God would have for you, I would encourage you to do that then. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. 
For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.